0: Hi, everybody. My name is Casey Lee, and this is me talking to people. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Casey Talks to People, the podcast where I talk to people. This is episode five. I'm very excited, very excited because... As of the time of this recording, if you guys don't know, the recording actually happens weeks in advance. This episode will probably air sometime in May or June. I realized on the last episode I I mentioned March, but I really meant May. Um, And the exciting thing is the official trailer for the podcast is actually out right now. It's actually out on Anchor.fm, being distributed to the various uh, podcast uh, services. So if you use Podbean, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that, you will be able to subscribe to the podcast very soon. Now, again, the kind of big joke here is that this episode will have been out by the time you hear all that. So hopefully you're subscribed already. I do realize that there's only two or three people maybe actually listening to this podcast. But so anyway, spread the word. Hopefully you guys are actually enjoying the podcast. I've been very excited. There's been a lot of awesome guests I've been talking to. I've actually been listening um, back to the old episodes that I've been recording and I've, I'm, I'm quite happy with what I'm what I'm hearing. Like the guests are giving me some interesting lessons, uh, learning a lot from my guests uh, and it's been a very exciting time. But enough about that. I do want to brief Talk about something that happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, Apple obviously had a big week. I believe it was last week where they started announcing a whole bunch of things. It started with a couple of teasers, releasing the new iPad mini and then releasing the uh, new iMac and things like that. But really their big showcase moment was when they were introducing their streaming service. So they introduced, you know, Apple TV channels and then they introduced Apple TV Plus with all these big stars. Steven Spielberg, um, you know, uh, J.J. Abrams, you know, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, a lot of big Big names. Did you happen to see the the, uh, the keynote about that?
1: I wasn't watching it, but yeah. I just heard all the Twitter feed rumors yeah. and people what people were not happy about.
0: <laughs> what people were not happy about, exactly. Um, it's kind of an interesting approach, and and there's a lot to be said about what's happening with the Apple TV Plus um, and, and all the other things they announced. But I have to say, the thing that I got really excited about, besides the Apple credit card, I think the Apple credit card is actually pretty cool, but the big thing I actually got excited about was... I've forgotten how good Apple is just at marketing. Um, Their videos that they showed at the event, um, they had one that was, I believe, talking to game developers. I can't remember exactly. I think it was the game developers they were talking to. And it made me completely rethink how I want to shoot testimonial videos. Um, And then they had one with all the big stars like Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams. And that video was gorgeous. I was like, man... So good. It also makes me feel a little bit of comfort as, as much as the world progresses in technology and all these kind of things, it seems like there's still a place for traditional video and moving people with, you know, sights and sounds. I got, I got very excited about that. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Apple, uh, go to, I don't know, their YouTube channel or on their official site, Ch- try to find those videos. They're really amazing. Um, again, I got very excited about it. Uh, lots of really cool stuff there, but That is not what we're here today to talk about. This kind of leads me kind of nicely into the introduction of my guest today. Um, So this is somebody that I met um, back, apparently I looked this up, 2014 is when we met. And the way we met is uh, she was working at the time for uh, a company called Solink. Um, Now I had just started my business, I was just starting to do some video work, and I had only done one animated piece at that point. Um, and then Solink called me up, uh, they said, Hey, can you do an anime explainer for me, for us? And, um, and I met, met my guests there actually. Uh, I was very impressed with how they handled it. Uh, it actually introduced me to a lot of stuff. It introduced me to professional voiceover, introduced me to storyboards. I literally, after that meeting, I went online to Google like storyboard templates and I'm pretty sure I printed out the exact same one that she had, um, and then I, I met her later on, again, I think at a product hunt event, and I got I got very impressed with how excited she was about the startup community and everything that they were doing to the point where I actually wanted to do some work with her. So we actually worked together on some of the case studies for my company, ByteSight, Um, which was really great. Um, She later went on to a company called Social, uh, which I just this moment, well, maybe not just this moment, but I learned recently that she actually did a podcast uh, for Social. Um, You know, she spent more time at Solink and then ultimately ended up where she is today at Rewind, which is a backup solution uh, for um, multiple platforms, including BigCommerce, Shopify, soon to be MailChimp, Uh, a lot of really cool things going on there. They're experiencing some great growth, uh, you know, hiring lots of people, um, getting a lot of good success. So lots to talk about there. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest, Rally Stanova.
1: Hey, Casey. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing great.
0: Did I pronounce that right? Stanova? Stanova. Ah, Stanova. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, that was pretty close.
0: <laughs> close enough. Exactly. Um, so welcome. Uh, thanks for doing the this podcast. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago that we met. Actually. It
1: really was. And it, it's interesting to, for me to think about that time because I was fresh out of university pretty much. So I feel like a totally different person.
0: Right, right. And than I was then. It's weird because I, I didn't know that actually. Like I, I, I recently ran into uh, Chris Baudouin. Um, and he was telling me that that, that was like your, fir- almost one of your first jobs, right? Out of yeah. School? I mean, I was
1: still in university when I started working there. Oh
0: yeah. Right. You were doing co-op.
1: Um, it wasn't co-op. I was just, oh, just working part-time for them. Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. So, um, that's again, really interesting. I did learn a lot from you. Like, did you, did you know, uh, what you were doing at that point or?
1: Do I know what I'm doing now? <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, I feel like the, the lesson in my whole career is just, I'm being handed tasks and it's like, okay, go figure it out. Right. So even with the storyboarding, I was Googling how to make a storyboard and of course found the same templates as you. And, (laughs) um, yeah, so no, I really wasn't, I never had done animated videos before. And, uh, it's kind of interesting. And now we've ended up doing like several video projects together, which has been really cool.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, it is crazy when, you know, a relationship starts, you know, and you're like, oh, you work together on something. And then like, and this is kind of true for a lot of the people that I'm interviewing on this podcast. It's like our relationship started, you know, a while back. And it's kind of funny thinking about, thinking about that time, right? When it was just like, we're kind of both getting into it. You know, you guys are just starting to get into it. I'm just starting to get into it. And now, you know, we're working for companies that are very well established. We're well established in our own fields. Not to toot our own horns, but um, yeah, very, very interesting time. So... Riley, I want to I want to start because um you are a marketer, yep. um, you're in marketing. And this is something that is always kind of been on the tip of what I do, but not it's not really what I do. you know i'm I'm more a person who creates content, uh, which may be a tool for marketing, but I don't really understand. Marketing, to be honest, uh, it's something that I'm starting to dabble in, starting to learn a little bit more of. Uh, I'm curious, uh, how did you get into marketing exactly?
1: Well, during um, in high school, you know, in grade 12, and they tell you figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life, I decided to kind of decide, should I go to art school or should I go to business school? Since I have a ba- art in visual arts. So I had already dabbled in graphic design and that sort of lends itself obviously to marketing. So that's sort of how I fell into it. Um, is through just through business school and through, um, I guess, finding a bit of a, a like more in, in graphic design.
0: Right. So, so sorry, in, in high school, you were kind of into graphic design and art Yeah. And so? I
1: mean, uh-huh. I was playing around with uh, Corel Draw. That's like a total <laughs> throwback for people who know about that. Like, they're, very early when I was maybe 16, 15. They're
0: apparently kind of back, eh, Corel? Like, apparently, they yeah. just released the version for Mac and... Uh, I'm, intru- I'm I'm potentially interviewing somebody who works at Corel actually to see what's going on there. So, but this is something that you you were just kind of as a hobby you were getting into like in high school or
1: yeah, like the, the graphic design was just picking it up on the side learning learning how to do it um, and that just help, has till this day I still do actually have always done all the design for all the startups that I've
0: worked at. Right, funny right. enough,
1: so it's to this day one of the maybe one of the best skills that I have. Right. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, it was definitely something I was impressed with. Like when you did those storyboards, I was like, man, these are, these are well drawn storyboards. Right. Um, so I'm curious that decision that you made back then, I mean, do you remember it being a, a an, like a tough decision between kind of arts and business? Like that seems. Yeah, it was
1: very, very tough decision. It was like, do I follow this passion and go to art school without any real idea of what I'm going to do after it? Or do I go dive into business, which I was, I already had an interest in, um, on the side and kind of, you know, take art along with me. Right. It doesn't mean I have to give up art, but let me try this avenue first.
0: Right, right, right. So, so what, I mean, what ultimately led to that decision? Was it, was it, did you think art was maybe not viable as a career? Cause I think a lot of people do go through that decision-making, right?
1: Um, I think probably the fear of it not turning into a real career, but also turning something that I loved into a job. Right. I'm kind of still, even to this day, kind of wary of that a little bit.
0: Right, right. I, I mean, it's something that I faced for sure myself. Like when I was in high school, I was definitely big into film production, but I just felt like it was a kind of a pipe dream to go after that, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of tried to get something a bit more, uh, quote, you know, realistic or or whatever. So, um, So you get into marketing and so you are now... You know, a seasoned marketer, you know it's uh, you know you've been doing this for how many years now? four, five, six, seven years, maybe
1: five, six around there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in your mind, I'm curious to hear this from a marketer. what what is marketing?
1: Sure. I mean it's I think it's the thing that creates fans around your brand, like people who are eager to give you their money. I think that's the best customer. And and even for myself, when I look, when I think of products that I'm genuinely happy to pay for, I think back, well, it's probably their marketing that helped me feel this way. You know, it's really establishing a brand, um, building a community around that brand. Those are, for me, the most successful companies and it all comes down to their marketing.
0: Right. Uh, What about like, what do you say to the naysayers who are like, well, you know what, if I have a great product, I don't need marketing. The product, you know, speaks for itself.
1: I mean, those days of like, if you build it, they will come, or are simply over, right? You're you're fighting against way too many companies to try and stand out, and even companies like no name brand, that's still marketing, right? Right,
0: right, right, right. yeah. Um, has it has it changed at all since you went to like like what you learned in school about marketing? Because you went to school for marketing, yes. Um, I was in
1: the entrepreneurship program at Telfer. But okay. yeah, it's it's very focused on marketing, at least the courses that I took. Right, right, right. But I found that um, business school prepares you to be like a mid-level manager at a large company right? versus being in a startup is totally different. right? So there were some things that I felt like I still to this day apply from the university, but it it really doesn't prepare you for, for startup marketing.
0: Right. 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 I mean, what, uh, I mean, what is different really about those, those two worlds?
1: I mean, you're dealing with, um, a lot more uncertainty. It's a lot of just figure it out. You don't often have someone, um, if you're lucky to have someone above you who's more experienced, that's great. But even then they won't have time to spend, you know, hours training you. It's, you know, they depend on you to just go and figure things out on your own and come up with your own solutions. So very different from, I think, a corporate marketing job.
0: Right, right, right. So, I mean, what, I mean, this kind of brings me to, to my questions about what, I mean, you got your job at Solank, which was a startup at the time, still kind of is. Um, I mean, they're growing for sure. But what, I mean, did you explicitly say that I want to work for startups, or did this just kinda happen and kind of fall into it?
1: I mean, right before um Solink, actually the same summer that I started at Solink, I was also working at Tattoo Hero, which was oh, right, another right, startup right. here in Ottawa. And I not entirely sure. I think something led me towards like wanting to eventually be an entrepreneur. And I figured, well, how do we become an entrepreneur? Well, let me join a small company and learn from other entrepreneurs. So I was always really attracted to working at a small company.
0: Right. How was that experience at Tattoo Hero? I mean, I, I've now, I've heard a lot of rumblings about Tattoo Hero because I've run into people who have dealt with them, um, like like Jason, like Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time I was being shown a space and they were like, oh yeah, Tattoo Hero used to work out of here. Did you Did you go to their office? Or? Yeah, I
1: did. It was on Bank Street.
0: Was, was it like a rooftop in yeah. the attic? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. it was a really
1: cool space. I mean, that, that was so much fun. That, that was really what... Um, introduced me to the startup community. And a lot of the people from, from uh, Tattoo Hero just became my friends. And then that's that really where I started getting more involved, going going to more events. Um, and I mean, I, I can then trace my beginnings with Tattoo Hero and Solink up until how I got my job today at Rewind.
0: Right, right, right. Like it's
1: really fun to look back and see those connections. Yeah.
0: And it, and it's, it's awesome when like, because I mean, I, I think about that too, about like the jobs that I've had and how much they shape you and how much you're still kind of using bits and pieces of, of that. Right. How did you get involved in tattoo hero? Was it literally an open job posting and you just applied, or?
1: No, I was, um, trying to find a company that would take me for one of my courses at Telfer, which gives me, would would have, so they were giving me a credit to go and work at a startup. I was like, perfect. This is the (laughs) perfect class for me. Ended up being my favorite class. Um, I just reached out to the founders. I found, I, searched online to find their email addresses. They were kind of confused how I found them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just reached out and said, Hey, I wanna work for you for the summer. I'm gonna I suggest I do these three projects. Right. And they loved that. I was also unpaid, but I was getting a credit. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> endorse unpaid internships. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. legal and shitty. <laughs> um but in that case it was it was a fair trade. Sure. And they were just like, Yeah, come come on board.
0: So you you had already propose what you were going to work on. It wasn't even that they are like, Oh, we need a marketer and, and this, and we are going to search for it. You actually just went to them and say like, what were those three projects that you proposed to them?
1: Um, I can't remember exactly, but one of them was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of content, social media. It was mostly focused on that right, and right. SEO research. Those are right, the right, three right. things. Well, my favorite thing that I did for them was, um, to do basically street tattoo photography. So I went out into the Byward market and just asked people who had tattoos visibly on them, Hey, can I photograph you? And it was like one girl, I remember her, she, um, was selling, I think fruits or flowers on one of those Byward market stands. And she just had such a cool look about her. Um, and that was like probably the best photo I've, I've personally ever taken. I still love that photo. Other people were like, you know, dads with their kids and moms and people were really excited actually to show off their tattoos and yeah. then um i kind of you know delivered these images i was like oh, i hope i hope this is okay like here you go here's a few photos and um some of the other employees not not everybody knew i guess that i was working i was only there you know one day a week they're like who did these where did these photos come from like what like no one really knew where these photos
0: so you, sorry, you, you did this without like without anybody knowing about this you just they were
1: so lenient. They were just like, yeah, go, go do it. Like, because again, it was, I was like offering my services for free. Um, they were just happy to have help and they were like, Oh, you want to, I would just tell them like, Hey, I'm going to, I think I have an idea. I want to go take these photos. So like, yeah, go, go ahead. Like they, it was, it It, was so much freedom. Just like, yeah, go do it.
0: it, It's amazing how much freedom can push success. Right? Like it's amazing. Like I, I, I always think that like, like recently right now, um, with Tim, who, you know, um, there are, there are weeks where I just like, okay, Tim, just go do something like, I like you don't need to check in with me. Just go do something. And it's incredible how much amazing success you have. And I, especially in an artistic field, you know, when you're given that freedom. Right. So yeah absolutely.
1: I mean, that was, that's what makes, I think the best bosses. I feel like that's what we um, really have here at rewind as well. Like when I joined, it was just in terms of marketing, it was just myself and working with our CEO, Mike Potter. And Mike is, is like, is like that. He's very, I trust you. Go ahead, go and do it. And that's amazing. Right. It's amazing to work for someone like that.
0: Right, right, right. Um, do you, so, I mean, you experience this thing at, at tattoo hero, you get, you know, into this great startup culture. Um, is it really after that point that you were like, this is what I want to be a part of, like the startup world? Because I have to say, uh, I I remember a very distinct conversation I had with you. Um, Again, I think it was at product hunt. And you were telling me about PageCloud at the time. Now, obviously, PageCloud's gone through a lot of different things. But at the time, PageCloud was like this crazy demo. I I mean, I remember you telling me, like, uh, you, you were telling me, you know, people have heard of PageCloud, you know, outside of Ottawa and no one's heard of any of these other companies. And I I went on to tell other people that I was like, yeah, people know about PageCloud and all this stuff. Um, you just seem so excited about the startup community. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, is that just part of your personality? Is is that is it something in the startup community that you just love so much that that kind of brings that out in you or.
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I think I'm just excited to about business, about um, starting companies and growing companies. It's even int- funny, even here. Um, it's funny to talk about page cloud. We have a couple of, um, ex page page employees that now work okay. at rewind. So I feel like we're going to touch on like, this is like <laughs> startup <laughs> auto startup history here. Yeah, so we're yeah, going to yeah. talk about, but, um, even at rewind, we, we work with so many cool different brands, right. And every day I'm looking at the installs that come in and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's this brand, they're huge on Instagram and nobody else in the office knows who they are. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I, I just, and I'm now the go-to person of like, do you know this brand? Do you know this brand? Um, because I'm just interested in seeing what's not just in Ottawa, but you know, outside in Ottawa, who's doing cool stuff and what can I, what can I learn from them?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rewind, uh, it's, it's an inter- interesting thing because, um, you know, I didn't really know much about you guys in, until you hired us and that you're working for rewind. Um, but it seems like you guys are experiencing, you know, this, this huge success and you're getting to meet a lot of interesting companies. Um, you know, how did you get involved in rewind exactly?
1: Yeah. So I was looking for uh, a change and I reached out to uh, Nolan B He's a, he's a, um, angel investor here in Ottawa just to ask him, Hey, do you know of any companies that are looking for a marketer? And he sent me literally a list of 10, which are in his portfolio and said, which one do you want an introduction to? So it's amazing. amazing. Like how, it how did you know Nolan from, from the community?
0: Okay. You just, you just happened to know yeah. him. Yeah, okay. Just
1: met him at one of the, one of the events. Um, and yeah, I got to say, yep, rewind please. And he put me in touch with, I mean, did, uh, had you,
0: had you heard of them at that point? I or? hadn't.
1: I just was really, I really wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to stay in SAS. That's really the thing that I love most in terms of tech and marketing, but I was also so interested in e-commerce and obviously we have Shopify here. So I kind of wanted to be part of that world, but I didn't want to start a clothing store or sell stuff online. It didn't really feel very, I guess, fulfilling in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, I don't want to put out something into the world that I don't think is making the world a better place. Sure, sure. Um, so this was like a perfect match. It was, we're doing SaaS, but we're in the e-commerce space. So it felt like a really good match,
0: right, right, right. It's interesting um, that you talk about again, kind of being part of that Shopify ecosystem. Um, is it is it in, is it different to be marketing for almost like a sub, like because I mean, your guys' customers are the ones who are on Shopify, Big Commerce, soon to be Mailchimp. Uh, there's another one that you guys support, QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks. Yeah, um, is does is there challenges or or benefits? The fact to the fact that you're marketing to uh, not just anybody but people who are on these platforms
1: yeah I mean it, it is a challenge in that we're getting to a point where we we are expanding to new platforms you know we want to expand to you know another four by the end of the year each platform is its own different group of people and so now we're in this challenge where we're like okay how do we split up our marketing efforts right. around all of them do you have a really interesting thing which I personally love and it's how my job at rewind, evolved after we hired more people is we're also marketing towards Shopify. So we target okay. for our marketing, not just people using Shopify, but also Shopify itself, because it's a bit of like a Trojan horse approach, right? Where we kind of target the companies from within. We, right. we believe that the support people, the salespeople, they're, they're huge influencers for our clients. And they're the ones who help uh, recommend apps and tools to them. So if we can influence them and be friends with them, then they're more likely to uh, recommend Rewind. Right. So we're it's like kind of targeting both in a very interesting way.
0: Right. That I never even thought about that because I'm assuming that again, if like a Shopify support person's like on the phone with somebody and they're dealing with like the guy, the person's like, "Oh, uh, I lost all my data or whatever." They could be like, "Oh, did you know there's this kind of backup solution called Rewind or whatever?" Right?
1: Yeah, and it's and it's something that that type of uh, relationship is something that we've absolutely earned over time, right? Like we actually have an app that really helps people. It helps support people as well within Shopify. Um, and so we don't, it's not like I'm, you know, buying that influence, right? It doesn't cost us anything. It's just a lot of time and effort into, you know, reaching out, educating them, getting to know people at Shopify and on all the other apps that we back up. And in turn, like they learn about us, they learn why it's beneficial to have rewind. And they, rec- they talk about it to their, to their clients. And actually one interesting thing that we're doing now with one of the videos that you um, edited for us is we're running LinkedIn ads targeting Shopify employees.
0: Okay. So the ads
1: are a testimonial video of one of our clients, but instead of targeting, you know, it would be really hard to target founders of e-commerce platform company, uh, you know, e-commerce stores that happen to be on Shopify. Like it's a very specific and difficult to find out, you know, who, is built on Shopify, yeah, 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 it's a lot easier to say, target all Shopify employees on LinkedIn.
0: Right, right, right. And so
1: we did that with not just Shopify, with a few other like agencies that we're, we want to work with. And um, just to, basically, I just want everyone at Shopify to know Rewind.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild, right? Because I mean, they have grown to the size of a couple thousand people now that it is a little like, you know, micro like city that you're kind of like, you know, marketing to. That's wild. I totally didn't, didn't know that. Have you, have you started to see any, like, has this campaign just started? Or have you started to see any benefits of this already or?
1: Yeah, we just started running it quite recently. Um, But so we haven't seen from that one. I can't, I can't really tell you exactly. It's also, I mean, it's an awareness campaign, right? There's, it's, we're not tracking clicks or anything. We're not, you know, we're not optimizing for clicks or anything like that. It's just to make sure we're top of mind Um, we also, I can give you another example though, of like, of doing the same targeting. So we work with big commerce as well. And this is where my role transitioned, where I'm now partner marketing manager at at rewind instead of, you know, marketing everything. And just from going to Austin and visiting the big commerce team during one of their events, our installs that same month skyrocketed just from meeting the right people, um, showing that we're invested in the community, putting a face to the name. Like I think a lot of marketers kind of um, undervalue that. Like right. to this day, it's still so important to meet people face-to-face, people that you wanna work with. And um, yeah, I mean, it's since attending the show and being there, our relationship with Commerce has improved tenfold. Right. And we just keep doing, you know, it would be little stuff like, you know, for, I'll look for opportunities to maybe send someone flowers who's at Big Commerce something nice like that. And people super appreciated and, you know, and it is genuine. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm doing it in any sort of, you know, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. sleazy like way. You actually like appreciate I'm not, these people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. genuinely people that I, that I work with, that I talk to on a weekly basis. And so I want to, you know, I want to thank them that, and that kind of stuff goes a long way.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Cause like, I think, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to, um, uh, masters of scale. Is it a podcast? Um, it's hosted by the founder of LinkedIn and he talks to a lot of people and he talked to the founder of Airbnb and, and the founder of Airbnb, uh, when they were small, he said one of the biggest things that he did was purposely do stuff that didn't scale well, you know, like meeting face to face, like sending personal touches and stuff like that. Do you think, um, you know, I think, and I was talking about this with, with my previous guest that. We do get a l- very obsessed in the startup world about all these kind of big terms like scaling and, and growing fast and investment and all this stuff like that, um, that we forget about things like that, right? So do you, I mean, do you consciously, is it just part of, again, who you are or do you consciously say like, you know, look, we, sh- we need to take care of these people and, and show them appreciation? And
1: I mean, I think it's, it's partly the culture that um, our founders, Mike and James, have built here where yeah. we're not... Growing at all costs We're, We we want to grow in an honest way And we don't like black hat marketing tactics Like even if it's going to mean a short term win um, If it's going to hurt us in the long run We just won't do it And so our goal is to grow steadily each and every month Instead of explosive growth over the course of six months So that kind of lends itself to that type of You know, the environment is, is really good here um, Beyond that is just I mean, I've just seen the effect of growing relationships and how it helps you.
0: Right, right. In in
1: terms of business.
0: Right. I mean, I mean, it. it I mean, the interactions that we've had with you at at BiteSide. I mean, even the little things that when you send us an email saying like, "Oh, that looked great. Oh, that was awesome," or whatever. Like, it's little things like that that. I mean, m- make it a pleasure to work with you, right? Um, is that is that just again? Is that part of your personality? Is that something that in the companies that you like like Rewind, you know, has that kind of culture where it's like again show appreciation, um, you know, build those long term relationships? Or again, do you think it's that combined with just who you are as a person and and showing appreciation for the people you work with? Because I do think one thing I've noticed about you again is that you get excited and you you do uh, you have this kind of contagious enthusiasm that spreads throughout you know
1: thank you that's really nice um no i mean i think i mean especially the video projects for example that we do together i'm so excited about them it's so much fun It's so much fun working with you um it's just it's just like a i enjoy my job you know it's just a fun time to be with uh to work with really talented people
0: awesome okay we're going to take a short break to do some unpaid advertisements but we'll be back to talk with rally. All right. And now a segment we're going to do called unpaid advertisements. If you guys don't know the routine, we basically uh, do uh, advertisements for companies. But because I'm a small independent podcast, uh, they, don't, they, aren't, uh, they aren't actually paying for these. I'm just promoting services that I enjoy. So are you a company out there looking to host your application on the best servers, the best uh, infrastructure, the best... I don't even know. I should probably pre-write these unpaid advertisements. (laughs) Anyways, deploying and hosting is a big deal when it comes to building uh, web applications or any kind of applications for that matter. Uh, It's a lot of work to kind of get something up there, up in the web, have it constantly monitored and all this stuff like that. We at BiteSite use a service called Heroku. Now, I will admit there is a lot of controversy as to whether Heroku is good or not, but as as... A personal ambassador, I do have to say Heroku has served us very well. It's very much a push and forget kind of service. Um, It allows you to host your web applications. You can start on a free hobby tier and you pay as little as $7 a month once you get up and going. It's definitely a kind of service that the more you succeed, the more you pay. And if you're not succeeding that well, you don't have to pay that much. Uh, It is a great service. They call it uh, deployment as a service, if you will. Um, They recently got acquired by Salesforce. But if you're considering hosting your platform and you don't want to think about Host, you don't want to think about deployments and hosting. Check out Heroku www.heroku.com. Rally, you're a video editor. Amateur, <laughs> but you've done video editing. Yes, um, I'm sure one of the things that you deal with is putting music into your videos. Absolutely, the struggle. Yeah, it's a lot of times it's hard to find uh, stuff, right? Um, um, I mean, I'm sure you've explored things like Audio Jungle and pawn 5 I'm sure you've also explored. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, today um, SoundCloud, just independent artists. You know things like Patreon stuff. A lot of great services out there to find music, um, but I don't know if you run into this problem, but A lot of times you just can't find the music that one, either has the mood that you want, but two, if you find the mood, it might not be the right timing or it might not have the right changes in mood as you're editing your video together. And what you end up doing is you change your video to really match your music. Uh, I don't know if you've run into that or...
1: I haven't run into exactly that, but I've just spent hours and hours on those websites trying to find the right song. And it's hilarious reading the titles sometimes. it so will be like <laughs> melodic sympath- sympathy with piano sounds. It's, 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 it's so hard to it's find the right thing. too when
0: they like name them after, like I, I've, I've noticed a technique now that I used to search is literally bands. Like if I want something that sounds like Coldplay, I'll like type in Coldplay because the track will be corporate video Coldplay-esque song or whatever. Anyways, there is a brand new service out there um, that we've been using recently, and we've used it on Rewind's videos, actually. Um, it's called Filmstro, F-I-L-M-S-T-R-O uh, dot com. This is an amazing uh, new way to think about music because what it is, is it's key frameable music. Um, so what it is, is you can download one of about 30 to 50 tracks. And these tracks, you can control three aspects. They call it momentum, power, and depth. And you can change these things as the video goes on. So like if you want a certain part in your video, oh, it's getting emotional or it's getting big or it's it's, it's kind of built. I always talk to Tim about creating a crescendo in our... In our, uh, in our videos, you can actually change those parameters throughout the uh, entire edit. So super, super cool. Gives you a lot of really cool control, a lot of high quality music. Um, plans start for YouTubers as low as $8 a month. Uh, they go up to about I think 25 bucks a month for pros. And if you need to advertise, it goes a little, uh, if you do paid advertisements, it goes a little bit higher than that. So check it out. Filmstro.com F-I-L-M-S-T-R-O.com uh, Check it out for your next uh, video musical needs. All right, and we are back here talking with Raleigh Stonova. Um, We were just chatting about, actually, the last unpaid advertisement about finding music and how we avoid corporate, the word corporate in any video, or music these days. Uh, It is funny because it is something that I started with. All our videos had corporate music, uh, and now it's like, oh, it sounds so... Just not good. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Anyways, um, we've been chatting a lot about rewind and marketing. Um, uh, very interesting. I didn't realize again you were segmenting uh, the market. You guys are. Um, I'm curious. Like, does that does that uh, make your job? I mean, how how big is your marketing team now? Now that you've hired a couple more people.
1: So we are three people plus four if you add our VP of Sales and Marketing. And we're hiring a summer student
0: right. soon. And so, do you guys segment? I mean, you mentioned that your title now is a partner marketing. Yeah. Right. Um, is that how you guys split up that kind of segmentation? Is that like each person kind of is, is in charge of a certain segment, or
1: no? We didn't split it like that. We have um, a digital marketing manager who's Henry Brown. He's he's uh, he comes from PageCloud. Um, I didn't know
0: Henry was from PageCloud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, if
1: those of you who like when pagecloud um first launched if you ever went on their site you would be chased by their ads all over the internet yeah, yeah. that was henry that was all <laughs> all his work you can blame him but he did an amazing job while he was at pagecloud and uh we've got mora who's recently hired her she's our um product marketing manager amazing role to fill at this stage i highly recommend all startups get a product marketing manager
0: what what is that exactly
1: So she really is the person to research any new, um, apps that we might launch. What does a space look like? What does the customer look like? You know, she creates personas for us, really good personas, not the kinds that are like he's a dad with two dogs and white picket fence. Like not, not, not those kinds of personas, like actually helpful ones around who is our customer? What are their pains? How do we solve it? Um, and we have them actually plastered on the wall here in the kitchen. She started like, putting them up so that the whole company can be aligned on the same customer that we're solving these problems for. So that's kind of, that's basically the gist of her job. So she's been amazing recent hire for us. Um, myself, you know, I, again, I manage our partnerships with some of the apps that we, we back up, but also a lot of agencies that we work with. Um, but then I also do, you know, a million other things on the side.
0: Right. Right. I think one of the things that I, uh, I've recently learned in, in terms of trying to do our own kind of ad hoc marketing at Biteside is that I, I guess like any job, there's just so much to do. Like there's just so much you could potentially do. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: and I, I can't believe I used to do it by myself. I mean, I didn't do it. You know, it's kind of the way I heard someone talk about it is when you start in a startup, you're just trying to get everything from a zero to a two, right? right? So your customer support, your website, your email marketing, you're just trying to get it from from non-existent to a two. Then you hire someone like Henry who takes over Intercom for you and all your emails and he takes it from a two to, you know, a six or an eight. Eventually Henry hires his own team who focuses on, you've got onboarding, email marketing, you know, you can really segment as much as possible and those people take it from like an eight to a 10. Right. So I was juggling all of it, trying to keep everything at like a level two, you know what I mean? Like. You know, I wasn't probably excelling in any one area until we could finally hire and
0: um,
1: have people specialize more.
0: Right. I think I think you are in, you know, maybe the... Like, I, I talked to, you know, a couple of marketers, like not a ton, but... Uh, and I deal with a lot of companies where marketing is a one-person team, you know? Um, how did you manage that exactly? I mean, how, how long were you a one-person team for on everyone?
1: For about... At least a year.
0: Yeah, was that's about a, a pretty year. long time. It was. And how I did you mean, manage that exactly?
1: You just have to prioritize stuff. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't even. I'm like, how the heck did I do that? Right. It's a it's a lot of work, and you just you have to pick. You know, with Mike, we would have these meetings. Um, you know, in the beginning of the month, thinking about what to do, we would just pick th- three things to focus on for the month. Of course, there was ad hoc marketing stuff. That that's always the case with marketing. But it was focusing on, for example, my goal was just, just increase installs. It was not improve or onboarding conversion rate that we focus on that now, right? With Henry being able to focus on that. And then it wasn't, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even increased revenue. It was just increase our installs.
0: Right, right, right.
1: You know, we kept it really simple, very clear and just... And so so you
0: would sit down with Mike and kind of figure out these, these very concrete, simple goals. Yeah.
1: And then we would also add a few like experiments here and there to see, well, let's try doing this. Let's try doing that and see what happens. But it was, we were very clear on, you know, we need to be realistic about what we can do with one person. And so for a long time, you know, um, we didn't even have that great of a website. I'm sorry, Mike, if you're listening, but he, (laughs) you know, it's the classic, like, startup situation where the founder wrote the website. Yes. Yes. Um, it was not in any format that I could access myself. So right, it was right. just like a pretty really bare bones website. And I just kind of worked with that for a long time, almost, almost a year until I finally decided to like, okay, it's really time for me to redo this. And and now I'm like, how did I do that? How did I (laughs) manage this? You know, without a, without a proper website, but we use other, you know, we use other avenues to help us. We use the app stores at Shopify events and things like that to really help us.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. But it's it's a lot of work. So I'm, I'm curious. I mean, um, you, you know, when, when you are given that task of like, we, we want to increase installs, you know, uh, I mean, how do you exactly attack that? Because like, I, I think about our goals and like, I want more people to come to our website. You know, is is it a pretty prescribed thing where it's like, of course, if you want that, you do this. Or is it, I mean, how do you figure that out exactly?
1: No, there wasn't, I don't think it's, you ever have the answers. You know what I mean? It's, if you want to increase installs, you can do it in one of 50 ways, right? If you want to increase, that's the other thing. If you want to increase your revenue, well, you could hire you could go out and find 50 clients or you get one big client and there you go. You've reached your goal, right? So you kind of have to be open to thinking about it in all kinds of ways, right? Like maybe if we, maybe we, you know, increase installs by opening up a free plan. Great. We hit our goal of increasing installs, right? So right. you kind of have to think about it as like, if that's the goal, you can, you have so many ways of reaching it. pick one and go with it. It's not about picking the best one. You probably will never pick the best one. It's just pick one and and try it and go with it.
0: Right. So, so is your, is your process? I'm, I'm curious just, um, you know, for myself and the other marketers listening out there, like what, I mean, are you literally just kind of whiteboarding, throw a bunch of ideas at the board and, you know, pick one and try it.
1: Yeah. I mean, now it's a lot more systematic now that we actually have a team, you know, we've got Yearly goals for the company that broke down into our marketing goals and that broke down into each individual marketers goals in the team. So it's just, there is kind of like that North star that we're all working towards. And from there we say, okay, how can I in my role affect and help us get closer to that? So it's a little bit more systematic now. Back then again, it was a little bit more of just putting out fires and doing the best that we can with a little bit of resources that we had. Um, I forgot your question already. (laughs) That's
0: okay. That's okay. I'm just curious. I'm just curious the, the kind of process of a marketer, because I think, I think what's, um, easy for someone like me to do, who's not in marketing and doesn't understand marketing. Uh, it's it's just like when people, you know, misjudge what it takes to make a video or whatever. I, I naturally think, you know, I, I can't think past the, Oh, we need to increase installs. So, you know, we'll do, you know, regular posts on Twitter or we'll do regular posts on LinkedIn or whatever. And I, I I have to imagine it's it's more than that, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I I'll definitely you know back then I don't think I was barely ever posting on Twitter because I just couldn't justify why I would spend my time on Twitter. It was obviously not none of our installs were coming to through through that platform, so why would I spend even any time, right? I really don't believe in doing, you know, oh, you should be blogging because everyone's blogging. Right, right, right. If you don't have time to do it right, maybe you don't you shouldn't be blogging, you know what I mean? So it was, um, you know, cutting out ruthlessly, like everything, like, oh, our website doesn't look great. Well, that's just how it is. And we're going to have to live with it the way it is. Because right now we don't have the bandwidth to create a new website, maybe down the line. Um, so being ruthless at what you don't do and being very intentional, actually, that's another thing, is like, that's one thing that I, why I loved, what convinced me to join Rewind is when I was talking to Mike during my interview, um, I came in saying, you know, if it's gonna be just me, then know that I will not do all, like most things. I will focus on a few things. We, I think that's how we should approach it. And that was exactly their mentality as well. And that's kind of one of the reasons why they hired me is because I said, I will not do like social media and all this other stuff and videos and podcasts if it's just me, right. you know, we need to be more strategic and focus our time on a few things. And right. they love that. And it was a kind of the reason why they brought me on funny enough right instead of saying what i will do it was kind of like what i won't do
0: right 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 i mean that 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 is a. Uh, I i never thought about that like really just i mean it's weird that i don't think about it that way because i think i think about that for everything else it's better to to pick a couple things and do them well versus just trying to do what everybody else is doing and and yeah. you know because one thing i've noticed about content marketing uh ever since we got into it like which is only as recent as january I just realized how many people are doing content marketing and it almost like, like it almost, I almost like roll my eyes when I see another article that's like five tips to blah, blah, blah. And we're doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you stand out in a, in a, in a world where like, do you think the average user has gotten smart to content marketing or do you think it's still pretty effective?
1: No, absolutely. People, people are very smart and you, um, you can't, you have to treat them with respect. You know what I mean? Like, I presume that our clients are intelligent and they'll see through bullshit. I just come at it with that, um, that perspective. Right. And they are, they're entrepreneurs, a lot of them. So of course they're not, I'm not going to trick them with any, you know, bad content. It's just not going to cut it. Um, so I think if you approach it that way, and I think you guys have done a great job doing that. Anytime I watch your videos, I'm like, Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you. Like, like that's actually helpful. Like as long as you're not bullshitting and what you're putting out is true and respectful to the, to your audience, you know, it's not just some crappy quiz because you felt like you had to put out a piece of content that week, you'll do great. And then kind of think about it as well. And like everyone lives in in their own bubble, right? So there might be a thousand videographers that wrote about 10 tips to corporate video, corporate videos, but they're not in my network. So I will never read that piece of content, but you're in my network. Right. So I'll probably get that piece of content. Right. You kind of can't, or there's a, you know, you're not going to be the podcast for everybody. Yeah. you got to find your little, but I'm also not going to listen to every podcast in the world to find out what's the best one. Yeah, it's I'm true. kind of in my bubble and I kind of, you know, what I search and what I find is totally affected by who's in my network and the city that I live in. So you really got to be just thinking about like, don't, I guess, don't worry about like, is my content like
0: the most unique thing? Just,
1: is it solving the problem for some people probably near me? Yeah,
0: no, that's interesting. Cause like it it is, it is definitely one of those things that you think, uh, I mean, I will come across other, uh, you know, content that's similar to ours, but you're right. Like the, the, our customers are not necessarily, you know, in that circle or whatever. And, and, you know, it, it is a philosophy that I've always had about service companies, because I, I'll tell you, like, um, and I've, I've said this before, but one thing I really hate about the service industry, to be honest, is I don't like how protective people are of their clients. They're very like, um, you know, uh, if you're working, you know, subcontracting to me, like, can you pretend that you're part of my company and all this stuff? Because they don't want their clients to go from company to company. And I think what I say to that is I think there's enough business to go around. Hmm. You know, there's enough people for various reasons, you know, and I think like, like just like you said, like I think the people in my network, even though there may be a million posts about, you know, five tips to edit better videos or whatever. Right. It's it's not going to hit, you know, the same people or whatever. right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, very, very interesting. I'm going to I'm going to use this opportunity <laughs> to continue to learn from you. Uh, one of the problems that we deal with um, is, you know, we have this problem of. I mean, ultimately, our marketing, our goal is to is to increase our sales, right? But we're on platforms where it's not really clients that are that are going to that, right? Like, so for example, on YouTube, we have recently been doing a lot of do it yourself stuff, right? Like how to edit better, how to whatever, right? And we were in the beginning doing stuff like how to work with a company, you know, how much does it cost if you hire a company, how long does it take, or whatever. Um, and we're seeing a lot more uptake. On our do-it-yourself stuff, but the reality is, I think it's because YouTube, like the audience, is more into tutorials and do-it-yourself stuff, which aren't necessarily clients, right? So how do you how do you like uh, deal with that in terms of content marketing? Where if you're creating stuff that people will see, you know, versus um, it leading to a sale or, or or directly leading to a sale?
1: I mean, of course, you have to try it. And then, you know, in a few months you can look back and decide, see what has worked best. I find with content, you know, I never know which blog post is going to get the most traffic. I've written stuff that for some reason to this day is the highest ranking blog on that website. And I I had no idea at the time of writing it. Right. Right, So you kind of can't really predict that entirely you could just have to put a bunch of stuff out there and see what sticks but i think for you guys it's it's not that i, I don't think it's that you're going to find your clients because they happen to find your youtube video and they contact i think it's going to be the opposite i think it's people going to hear from you from referrals i mean i've referred you guys to like i've keep telling everyone, anyone who says i need a video in ottawa i'm like okay hey, well there's here's the g- it's right, bite site go right, go get right, right. go talk to bite site yeah yeah, yeah. um and so from I kind of think of it at that, I guess you call it a customer journey where if I then go to on your website and I see that you've put out all this content, I actually like get to know you. I know that you're even just watching a couple of your videos. I'm like, okay, these guys know what they're talking right, about. Right, right, right. I want to hire them. I kind of see it more like that for right, you guys. Right. Of course it doesn't hurt to get a bunch of, um, you know, if hey, if business comes from YouTube, great. Yeah. But I don't think that should necessarily be the your goal it, of right. the content. I think it's more, you know, of course, People in the community are hearing about you. You've kind of built a name for yourself and referrals are going to keep happening, right? From, I mean, I talk to so many marketers, right? I have a, con- I have a small community of marketers. Of course, if one of them needs video, they're going to come and ask their right. friends, Right, right, right. That's- and then when you go to your website, it's, okay, these guys, yeah, it's, these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah,
0: I can work in a different way. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on content marketing in general. Like, To me, again, it's brand new to me. I'm obviously really excited about it and it's really the only thing I've dabbled with in marketing. But I assume that content marketing is only one of the tools that you have as a marketer, right? Is I mean, is is do you find it the most prominent tool these days like to market is, is to create that content, that blog post, that video, whatever? Or are there still other very... Are there other still ma- other major marketing activities that uh, contribute more to your success?
1: I mean, I'm biased because, go again, in my new role, partnerships is a big deal, and I think um, that's definitely an underused um, method, right? And it's something that, if you think about it, you can't actually you can't hire anyone outside of your company to do that for you. It right. has to be internal. It has to be led by initially by the founders and eventually by your marketing person and your partner marketing person at one point. Um, and that's very much of like a long, long long-term game, but then, but then you've got other avenues. Obviously you've got ads that's still huge, right? It still has a huge effect. Email marketing. Um, I mean, there's so much stuff. I don't, I don't think you even have to have, um, I don't think you need to do all the content. I think it's best to pick something and do it. Um, like for you guys, it could be video. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's still huge. Right. Yeah. Like, although everyone says, right. Like content is queen or right. Or content is king. Yeah. Like yeah. it's still very much huge. Right. As long as you do it really, really well. Right. There's just no point in putting out a blog post that you're not extremely happy with. There's no point. How,
0: how do you, how do you judge that exactly? Um, I mean, are, are, do you sacrifice quantity for quality? Absolutely.
1: Uh, always. I always, when I've, you know, again, we don't have a content marketer on our team. I wish if there's any content marketers that want to come work at rewind and you guys are, you're great at writing, like please come talk to us. Cause that's a very, I find that's a really, really hard role to, to fill. And so since we don't have that dedicated content marketing person, I'm okay with putting out one good piece a month Right. or, at, you know, as I'd love to put out weekly kick-ass pieces it's just not realistic right 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 so i'd rather put out much much better pieces of content
0: yeah i think um i think it's interesting hearing you talk about again your your kind of strong opinions about like quantity versus quality um but also even like you know people just blogging for the sake of blogging um i'm curious do you do you look at um you know certain marketers and and do you have an opinion about what do you think people are doing right and what people are doing wrong these days? Like, cause you must have, you must encounter other marketers and you're your network of marketers. You must observe big companies, small companies, whatever. Are there certain techniques and, and philosophies that you're really respecting these days? And are there yeah. other ones that you think people are really not doing right?
1: I mean, I, I have like my, um, there's a few companies that I look up to for their marketing. Simple is a big one. Okay. It's almost like a joke at this point of how often I reference like, well, Simple <laughs> does it like this. So maybe we should do it like that. But I love looking up to like obviously Shopify, Wealthsimple, um, even some e-commerce brands like Glossier and just learning from them and what they're doing in marketing. And right. I just really, those are just brands that I'm happy to give my money to and really respect and um, always looking to them to see what to do, what to do well. Yeah. So I think Every marketer should have that bit of like a, it could be like a folder of ads that you love or something like that. Right. You got to keep inspiration somewhere, but in terms of what people are doing wrong, I kind of touched on it a bit, but it's, it's not respecting your audience. I feel like it's either lying to them for the sake of getting something out of them. Right. Like if you lie to them in order to get reviews from them, if you dumb down your content, Way too much, right? If you, like for us, like again, we sell technology to entrepreneurs. There's no point in us making like a funny quiz listicle type blog. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be honestly like disrespectful to our audience at that point. So it's um, being very honest with your clients, um, respecting them, respecting their time as well, right? Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I think about... I think about suitability, but I never think about that as being a respect thing, you know, and respecting their intelligence and, and yeah, not dumbing it down. Like, do you, do you run into a lot of content that you feel is, has, are making those mistakes that are.
1: Yeah, I've definitely run into it. Um, you know, nothing comes to mind. I sure, sure, yeah. probably forgot about it already, <laughs> but yeah, I have I mean, I've definitely seen marketers come to like, you know, we even had someone, um, I've just come across people who've given me ideas of like, yeah, well we did this way. And I'm like, Oh, I don't. Yeah. Cool. We wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it gives you like that. icky when you have that icky feeling, you're like, that's not the kind of marketing right I want to do.
0: Do you, do you think that respect for your audience? Uh, I mean, how, how do you determine that line? Is it, is it really, is it about just getting to know your audience better? Like, do you just, it's just, just about sitting down with them more. And
1: I mean, it, firstly, it's a gut feeling. Right. If you if you don't have that gut instinct that tells you like this seems sketchy and scammy, you're probably not a good fit for rewind at least. Right. right? right. Like we really um, hold that pretty highly. And when we're hiring people is that kind of gut feeling of are you just an honest person to begin with? But then after that, it's yeah, absolutely. Like I wish that's the one advice I wish I had when I was starting out in marketing is just talk to your customers as much as possible. And as often as possible, like at rewind what we what helped me do this in the beginning. And we, to this day, we still do this is every single install, like from the free all the way up to enterprise gets an email during onboarding that invites them to a phone call. And it used to be with the founder. Now it's with, uh, sorry, our CEO. Now it's with our product manager, but we continue doing that yeah. to this day. And we've, we're, you know, close to surpassing 20,000 installs.
0: Yeah. So of course not
1: ever, not 20,000 people accepted, but that was one way that really helped just get a few, even 15 minutes yeah. with one of your customers is huge. Cause I think that one of those biggest mistakes, like I've seen is, um, you know, marketers getting in a room and sort of bang, you're like banging your head against the wall, trying to come up with headlines instead of just talking to a customer and literally stealing what they say, And that's your headline. Yeah. Right. Or like stealing that idea. Like, great. Oh, we get asked this by customers. Let's turn it into a blog post.
0: Right, Right. 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 That's crazy. Why do you think, um, you know, why do you think companies don't do that enough? And, and, and what do you think is the secret for you guys? Um, you know, to actually executing on that and getting to know your customers?
1: Because I think because it's difficult to do, like I find maybe, maybe not as much in other companies. Like, um, I mean, I don't. I, I think backups are pretty exciting, but most people <laughs> don't. For most people, it's like a set it and forget it thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're not necessarily super excited to talk to us. Some are, of course. We come across the ones that we've helped, or the general backup fanatics. They want to talk to us. But if you're, you know, I imagine like a product that brings in revenue for your company. Oh, you love. Of course, you would pick up the phone and talk to the product manager at that company. Right. Right, I mean, think about yourself. Like imagine if Heroku was like, Casey, you guys are, wow. One of our prime customers, such a loyal customer. Do you want to talk to us about our future development? Right. Like I'm sure you would jump at that opportunity.
0: Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Like I would too. Right. If some of my favorite brands reached out to me, I would be honored
0: to talk to them. Like I think it's so cool. Yeah.
1: So, um, but, but I do think it's harder. It's hard work, right? Like it's reaching out, sending emails. You're going to get a lot of no responses. So it just takes a lot of time. Right. I think that's why people maybe don't do it.
0: How how do you deal with? I mean, the opposite problem with that. I mean, I mean, you know, twenty thousand installs. Like maybe you guys have talked to five thousand people or so, or whatever. Maybe a little less. How do you, how do you deal with um, you know hearing all that feedback and stuff like that, and really deciding you know what's right and what's wrong? Because you may talk to like the loud voices who are talking about you know uh, we don't care about backups, and then so you you, you curve your marketing to be more about, like, we talked about this, like the feeling of, of, of backup versus, you know, I'm all crazy about backups or whatever, right? I mean, how do you deal with uh, that amount of input and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, filtering that out to something that you think is actually useful?
1: So you uh, hire a product manager and a product marketing <laughs> manager, and that's their job, and they're amazing at it. Right, Hopefully right. they're amazing at it, right. which we're lucky enough to have great, um, both of those roles filled fill really great people. But also you have to look, obviously, for, things that come up often. Like one of the things I did when I was by myself is, um, I took all the reviews from the Shopify app store. It was something like maybe at that point, 400 or 500 reviews. And, um, I extract, I found, I I use some kind of tool that helps you see which the sentences and how often they come up. So it would start off with like seven letter sentences, six, five, you know what I mean? And give you a count for each one in that huge bulk, um, text. And that came up with the words peace of mind and sleep better at night were mentioned something like, you know, 30, 50 times. Wow. So that was like, oh, okay, Wow, I guess we have to really use, we have to talk about peace of mind in our marketing. Yeah. Right. So I wasn't, I was just seeing what was the most commonly stated things. Right. And that's the ones that I kind of went with in terms of, um, Benefits that we would highlight,
0: right, right, right. So, I mean, this—I think this is the—the the, I mean, lesson that I take from it. That I mean, I mean, you have access to these people, right, and their reviews and and their information, and it's just about taking the time to actually talk to these people or read what they're saying, right? And and really, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Which is something that uh, I think. Um, you know, a lot of companies, again, like you said, may not take the time just because it's hard to do, right? Um, we are definitely running out of time, but Riley, I do want to ask you, um, again, I, I do find it interesting that, that you came, again, from, you know, companies where, you know, you were the only person doing this. And even at Rewind for a while, you were the only person doing this, right? And I think, I think inevitably what happens when you're dealing with companies and you're working at a place where uh, you wish you had a team of like 50 people because there's just so much to do, um, you really have to prioritize and you really have to think what you want to do. So do you have any advice for marketers out there, you know, who are in those situations where it's just them and how they really manage that and how they prioritize? Or do you think there are a couple of important things that they should really focus on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think as a, especially I, I talk to students often and I tell them the same thing is, get into a startup in a very general role, right? Don't go into startups or into marketing and in you're early on your career as a specifically email marketing, right. um, email marketer. Unless of course that's that's your thing. But if you wanna, if you're not sure what you wanna do in marketing or you're just trying to be in a startup, you have to be open to doing anything. So if you get, if someone tells you, we're going to a trade show, help organize it. You have to do that, right? Um, picking up skills. Like at this point I've, around with pretty much every Adobe product just because it's just like, Hey, someone used to edit this video. Cool. And let's say we didn't have the budget to get by to help us do it. <laughs> I would have to do it. Right. So like kind of getting really good at having a little bit of design skill, a little bit of web. You have to know some HTML, you have to know how to word, work with WordPress. Um, you know, you have to learn if you're not good at writing, you really have to figure it out because writing is such a huge part of marketing and don't, Do it from scratch. Don't, you're not, we are, none of us are reinventing the wheel when it comes to marketing. Most of us are not, especially if it's by yourself, right? When it comes to, for example, um, copywriting, there's amazing books on like who they've tested, you know, they've lasted for years. Go, go read them, right? Apply those lessons from that book. If you want to write content, look to someone who does content really well and, you know, don't copy their work but look for their structure, right? Like how do they structure their introductions? How do they structure their videos, right? How do they edit their videos? And how can you apply that to your to your project? So never start with like a blank slate, right? right. Or thinking that, well, I'm gonna reinvent social media marketing. Yeah. You're probably not, and you probably shouldn't, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. especially by yourself, like just look to what others have done successfully And learn from that and how can you apply that?
0: Right, right. No, that's great. That's great advice. Okay, Riley. that's uh, that's pretty much it. I really, really want to thank you for uh, talking to us today. You are not the first marketer, actually. You're the second marketer to be on the podcast. But I really do appreciate it. as always, you know, this conversation, just I don't know where it goes. And I definitely learned a lot and, and even stole some of your time to specifically apply it uh, to bite ByteSide stuff. So I'll
1: send you the bill later.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thanks so much. Um, if, if anybody out there doesn't know what company we've been talking about this entire time, it is a company that Riley works for called Rewind. They can go to Rewind.io, I believe. Yep. Yeah, Rewind.io. It's a backup solution. Um, really cool company. Uh, I haven't gotten to know a lot of people here, but I do get the vibe that it is a great product. You know, talking to the customers is a lot of great Stuff there, Um, I was I was very interested to hear all you had to say about marketing because it is something that I am getting passionate about myself, and it is something that you know when you are a small company you have to kind of do these things yourself, and and to learn from you has has been really a a great pleasure. So, uh, thank you, thank thank you. you for joining us. So. That is it for episode five of KC Talks to People. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me directly at my personal email address, Lee case yl li at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at www.kclee.com slash podcast. KC Talks to People is currently hosted on Anchor FM, Anchor.FM, but is distributed to all your favorite podcast platforms provided that we get approved. So Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, all these other random podcasts. Things that I didn't even know existed. Chances are it's there. Search it. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe. We plan to release Sunday nights weekly at around 8 p.m. I think that's what we're going to release it. Uh, definitely check that out. Check out Rewind. Check out Heroku. Check out Filmstro. Check out all these things. Big thank you, Rally. I really appreciate everything. Uh, it's been great. And yeah, this
1: has been a lot of fun. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.